0: MSW Media. Mm-hmm. and welcome to The Daily Beans for Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. Today, I'll be talking to the Director of Democracy at Indivisible, Megan Hatcher Mays, about the For the People Act. And I'll be joined by Radhika Marari, the founder of Oh Made Peanut Butter, for a discussion about smart, sustainable, and goodwill business. I hope you enjoy it. Today, I am speaking with the Lawyer and Director of Democracy at Indivisible, Megan Hatcher-Mays, who's who's appeared before, but I'm glad to see you again. Megan, how are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to talk to you because you have a really distinct working knowledge of the For the People Act. And uh, before we get into that, can you tell me about the For the People project?
1: Yeah, so that bill is uh, a transformative structural democracy reform bill. It's, uh, you know, obviously... um, (laughs) You know, our democracy's problems did not start with Donald Trump, but um, we're facing a lot of big problems. We need some big solutions. And so that's what this bill does. It has everything from campaign finance reform to banning partisan gerrymandering to election security and funding for vote by mail, all the stuff that lots and lots of people really, really like. And so um, it's really, really critical to get it passed this year, like this summer. Uh, so that it's in place ahead of the 2022 midterms, which actually are coming up a lot more quickly than you might think. Uh, So um, especially the provisions dealing with um, redrawing congressional maps and redistricting. So all of those will be drawn based on the 2020 census data. And so for some states, they are required to have those maps drawn as soon as February of 2022. So you really don't have a lot of time to waste in getting this bill pass because it's going to be um you know closer it's the objects appear closer than, <laughs> they, actually than they actually are
0: yeah uh yes uh yes indeed and we're facing a lot of uh we're facing an uphill battle uh, on HR1S1 and uh, there's a reason it's one there's there's the reason it's the first yeah bill uh people like to vote cleanly uh and easily uh, weird i know um yeah. and we know that all these voter oppression bills, voter suppression bills that are being passed in Republican, mostly Republican states, where we need them to not be. Uh, they are all there to disenfranchise very specific blocks of voters, mostly people of color. Uh, and that has and this isn't a guess. This isn't an opinion. Right. This is this man named Hoeffler said told people we have the files his daughter turned them in and said look here it is says right here they want to help uh non-latino white republicans that's what it is designed to do that's what they're designed to do but we have some opposition uh from democrats in the Mm -hmm. senate that's right and we also have the filibuster in place and we have opposition from democrats in the senate to not get rid of the filibuster and so what we're looking at now is and you're right. 2022 is is coming quickly, and so and the census redistricting is is even sooner than that. And not not even that the census results are accurate, but that's a discussion for a whole other day. Uh, but you know now we're we're facing down this this timeline, and what they're trying to do now is pull out just a clean like a John Lewis Voting Rights Act, just a Voting Rights Act. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know. How that's going to get passed? Because the last time Joe Manchin wanted to uh, take something and and say I can get this done, and he teamed up with I think Toomey, and they tried to get some common background checks passed for gun right. legislation. Yeah, that's exactly right. They failed miserably. <laughs> and I don't understand what Manchin thinks is going to happen here if he 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 keeps preaching this bipartisanship, but one of the two major parties in this country is is dedicated to suppressing the
1: vote. So what do we do? Yeah, that's right. It looks very frustrating to hear Joe Manchin say, oh, well, I don't think that uh, legislation to expand democracy should happen on a party line basis. But the effort to restrict democracy is happening on a party line basis right now. So all of these bills that we're seeing uh, getting passed in Georgia and Texas and even um, places up north, like Michigan has some bills, um, really bad anti-democracy bills pending and as does Wisconsin. Um, and Arizona as well, obviously lots of really bad examples there. All of those are getting passed on a party line vote. Republicans are are the ones that are restricting access to democracy for most people. And and one judge said uh, by surgical precision. So they are surgically um, sort of uh, targeting um, Black voters and voters of color to prevent them from voting. And so only one party is doing that. So if that same party does not want to join the effort to broaden democracy, then we need to move forward um, alone. That, it's not That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to leave behind um, a group of authoritarians who are making it more difficult to vote and um, expand democracy so that this country can function properly. Um, so it's really frustrating to hear Joe Manchin say that. And actually everything Joe Manchin says is really frustrating. So I get that. I understand how frustrating that is. Um, but I think we're in a situation where The rubber is really close to hitting the road um, in the Senate. So right now we've only really had one vote or a couple of votes now um, where we were able to see who was voting which way. So I think that the filibuster and who was voting for what, that was all very theoretical until we finally got to have that vote on the January 6th commission bill and just recently the vote on the Paycheck Fairness Act. And now we know coming up that uh, Majority Leader Schumer wants to bring the For the People Act to the floor to vote. So that is going to start showing the American people who exactly is it that's blocking this stuff from passing. By the way, this is all really popular stuff. Turns out that people like to get paid the same (laughs) and they (laughs) like to be able to vote and they like to know who is funding the campaigns for the people that they vote for? That's all very popular. And it's really popular among Republicans. It's just not particularly popular among Republicans who are serving as senators in the Senate. So that's the issue that we're having here. Mm-hmm. So I know it's really easy to think, oh, Joe Manchin is a lost cause. This just doesn't really matter. But right now we're in a situation where the onus is on him exclusively to identify parts of this bill that he thinks he can get 10 Republican votes on. And if he can't do it, it's time to give it up because we don't have time to waste. And ultimately, you know, the power of organizing tells me that it's possible to get Joe Manchin to change his mind. There are people in West Virginia who wake up every day and call him and tell him to support the For the People Act before they've even had their breakfast. And so we know that organizing uh, works. And so I know it's really hard to, you know, read all of the dumb stuff Joe Manchin says, but uh, it is possible to change politicians minds it is i promise mm-hmm. um it's going to be a lot of work i'm not saying it will be easy mm-hmm. but it will be a lot of work but the people are doing that work
0: yeah 79 uh, percent of west virginians support HR, right. hr hr 1s1 and so Manchin doesn't appear to be acting in the interest of his constituents right. um, <laughs> which is why he was elected anyway uh <laughs> um, it seems to me that the That The most feasible way to do this, and this is just speculation, is to have a clean John Lewis Voting Rights Act, pull that out and maybe try to get some Republicans over on the side to mini nuke the filibuster on the vote on voting rights acts or structural democracy bills like voting rights and then and then try to. Pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act with a simple majority, having because we can, we don't have to blow up. I'm for blowing up the entire fucking filibuster, but we don't have to blow up the entire filibuster to get of like for example, we we carved out uh, taking the filibuster away for uh, cabinet appointments and judicial nominees. Uh, I think we can do it for democracy structure bills like a Voting Rights Act or HR one. I don't think we would get 51 votes on the full hr at as it stands right now, though we can push to do that. But I think we're, we'd be closer to getting a John Lewis Voting Rights Act passed that way. Um, and because these anti-voting bills, these voter suppression bills hurt Republicans as well. I mean, you remember when uh, Trump during the election was like, mail-in voting is terrible. It sucks. And, and Republicans <laughs> around the country were like, shut up, bro. We really rely <laughs> on... <laughs> yeah. On mail and voting. Could you stop? Uh and and yet yeah, here we are. So I'm wondering if you yeah. think we should we should go that route, water it down, try to get some Republicans on board, or do you think we should just keep still still pushing the Democrats
1: the full HR one? I don't think we should water it down. So I think here's the issue with uh here's the frame that I think Joe Manchin has adopted is that he doesn't want to do the For the People Act, but he wants to do the John Lewis Voting Rights Act instead. And I really think it's important for people to understand that those two bills are not at odds. With each other. so the, <laughs> the and you really need to do those things them both together. And the reason for that is that the um, for the People Act is proactive. so that's looking ahead at um, or excuse me, let me back that up. <laughs> the for the People Act is retroactive. So bad stuff that has already passed in theory would be effectively overturned by this new law. So some of the really bad stuff that we've seen that make it more difficult for people to vote, all that stuff would get overruled by this federal law that would set minimum standards for voting in this country. So ideally it would cut down on the long lines. It would be easier for people to vote by mail. Those would overrule really bad state laws that make that more difficult. But John Lewis Voting Rights Act is proactive. So all the bad stuff that's already been passed that bill won't have any effect on any of it. So if you don't pass them together, you only have the bread, but nothing inside the sandwich, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no. So, and also, I think people should know that before the, the first 300 pages of the For the People Act were written by John Lewis. This bill is good. <laughs> there's good stuff <laughs> in this bill. Um, there's nothing particularly controversial about it, but the issue with... Um, The Voting Rights Act is that what they're restoring in the John Lewis Voting Rights Act is are these provisions that are called preclearance requirements. What those do is decide which states should be subject to the provisions in the bill. It wouldn't apply to every single state. It would only apply to states with a history of sort of discriminatory behavior as far as blocking certain people from voting. And so that would only work going forward. It wouldn't work going backwards. So if you just pass that, all of that bad stuff in Georgia that would all still be the law. All the bad stuff in Texas, that would still be the law that wouldn't do anything um, about the bad stuff that's already happened. So that's why you need to do both so that you can look back, fix the stuff that's happened and look forward and prevent it from happening um, in the future. Now,
0: if we can rally the troops and actually get this passed, I have some uh, additional concerns. Hopefully you can address, but I have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Yes. Awesome. Thanks everybody. We'll be right back. Hey everybody it's ag and today's episode of the beans is brought to you by all form you've been listening to the show for a while you know how much i love my helix mattress well helix has taken their awesomeness and their customization stuff out of the bedroom and into the rest of your home uh, they have created all form and they're making premium customizable sofas and chairs that are shipped right to your door really fast and they're custom it's amazing all makes the most beautiful high quality furniture to fit your personal style Their sofas and chairs are designed to your very specific specifications and then delivered directly to you. It's incredible. You get to customize your own luxury furniture using premium materials, but at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. Because with all form, you get to pick the fabric, which is spill, stain and scratch resistant. You get to pick the color of the fabric, the finish for the legs, the sofa size and the shape, the configuration to make sure it's perfect for you and your home and your family or, you know, you and your pod pets. I picked out a three-seater sofa with whiskey-colored leather, a walnut leg finish, and a chaise lounge at the end. Came in just a couple days, put it together myself without any tools, and I love it. It's roomy and modern, and I designed it to my specifications. Uh, and, you know, I have to tell you, the, the speed with which they deliver it is incredible. It just takes three to seven days in the mail. It's, it's brilliant, and they have beautiful armchairs and love seats all the way up to eight-seat sectionals. There's something for everyone. And you can always start small and buy more seats later on if you want your all-form sofa to grow and change with you when you move. And best of all, you get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months. And if you don't love it for any reason, they will pick it up for free and give you a full refund. They also have a forever warranty, literally forever. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash daily And Allform is offering 20% off all orders for listeners. That's huge at allform.com slash Everybody, welcome back. We are talking with the lawyer and director of democracy at Indivisible, Megan Hatcher Mays. And before the break, I had we were talking about we can't separate these two we have to do them together because of retroactivity proactivity uh etc but let me tell you one of my major concerns here because none of this would even be a thing probably a lot of it wouldn't be a thing if the supreme court hadn't gutted the voting rights act now if we actually get together and somehow convince 60 and or nuke the filibuster and get 51 people to pass hr 1s1 what's to i mean it's going to be people are going to file lawsuits and now we've got even a, a more conservative SCOTUS that would hear this case and would probably rule, come down on the on and say, sorry, states get to make their own rules. Uh, you can't have these national things. And we know that they can carve out specific things. We, they set that precedent in the Affordable Care Act decisions, uh, but they could gut they could gut it again. What, and how how do we proceed under those circumstances?
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. So one of the reasons we're in this situation in the first place, like the reason that Georgia can pass all of these restrictive voting laws and the reason that North Carolina can and Texas can is because those states are no longer covered by the John Lewis or excuse me, by the Voting Rights Act, which was gutted by the Supreme Court back in 2013. So basically, the Supreme Court said, knock yourself out, do whatever you want. And the states were like, great. And and within 24 hours in some states, in North Carolina and Texas, within 24 hours of the original voting rights uh, act from was gutted, there was a special legislative session to make it more difficult for people to vote. Like that's how serious Republicans are, were and are about, um, restricting access to democracy. So there's a very valid fear that people should have that the current makeup of the court and the lower courts too, because Donald Trump was very successful in stacking the lower courts with, um, Trumpian judges. Conservative totally judges.
0: unqualified idiots yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is, the, is, mostly, the, is the technical term.
1: Yes. Mostly white men. Not many of them are rated unqualified by the ABA. Their main claim to fame was that they're super conservative and they love Trump. That was basically what got them on the bench. Um, and they serve for life. The good news is a couple of things. One is, is that Joe Biden has actually done a terrific job getting his nominees to the Senate to be confirmed. So he is filling vacancies really quickly, actually more quickly than uh, Barack Obama. That's really, really good. And it's really good that he's picking diverse candidates, not just racially diverse, although that is important, but professionally diverse. So he's not sending corporate lawyers or former prosecutors. He's sending public defenders. He's sending civil rights attorneys uh, Two really good voting rights attorneys um, were just nominated by Chuck Schumer to serve in New York as judges. That's really, really, really important. So that's a little bit more slow moving, but still a really critical piece of this puzzle is to make our judiciary more reflective of the country as a whole. And so that is what Joe Biden is doing. Despite some other complaints you might have about how his agenda is moving forward, the judges really good. A plus, actually. Um, The issue still remains at the Supreme Court. Uh, The good news is not every case goes to the Supreme Court. So if you can kind of start to fix the lower courts, you can get some good decisions on the lower courts. The bad news is that they probably will take a pretty big voting rights case based on this law if it passes. One, that's a good problem to have because it means that we passed the bill and it was signed into law. But the scary thing is, is that John Roberts is the one who authored the opinion in the first place, gutting the Voting Rights Act, and he is still on the court. And now he is joined by uh, you know Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett. And a bunch of other terrible conservatives. Yeah. Yeah. So, the upside, if there is one, if you can think that there is one, is that uh, Mondair Jones, a representative of New York, has introduced a bill in the House to add seats to the Supreme Court. The idea is that, you know, with all of this, you know, sort of cutthroat. Uh, you know, business that Mitch McConnell has done to our court system. The idea is to restore balance by kind of offsetting the damage that Mitch McConnell has done. And so that his bill would add four seats. Indivisible has endorsed that bill. It's really important. I hope people will uh, read up on it. Um, It's that as it has a much steeper climb to passage than the For the People Act. But you know, there are a lot of really bad cases pending in the Supreme Court this year. And the more Um, to the right, the court goes, the more upset people get about how the court works. And so um, that might temper some of their worst impulses, Mm
0: -hmm. but it also
1: might help encourage people to support more court reforms if the court um, strikes down a lot of really popular legislation.
0: Yeah. And I uh, I think the important message is we shouldn't not do something just because we think SCOTUS might overturn it. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we we have to do democracy is a participation sport. Um, we can't ha- we can't have thought. I hope no one thought that just because we got through and elected Biden and we got through and we got Ossoff and Warnock that we were done. You know, casino hands. Yeah. We're all finished. Uh, take it. Take it. Country, take it. Government. You're in charge now. We are the government. And uh, I think that it's very important for people to know that. And it can be there's a lot of burnout. You know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. burnout. People are tired, uh, and I understand that and respect it. Uh, and I just kind of want everybody to know that people like myself and like Megan are here for you to pick up the torch while you rest, and we will be here when you're ready to come back. But we all have to do this and and if it means rolling up our sleeves and jumping over the hurdles that Republicans are putting up for us, I think the best way to tell somebody uh, to not to do something is to tell them they can't do it uh, <laughs> and i I'm hoping. That's reflected in our turnout in 2022, and so I think that is something parallel we need to be focusing on is getting out the vote. Absolutely, yeah. I think um,
1: the next couple of years are going to be, you know, I mean, I don't know, the last four have been really dicey for American (laughs) democracy, and I think um, you know, Joe Biden winning in 2020 was both amazing luck and also like a ton of work. but there's been a lot of changes in election laws since then because of that in in states that Joe Biden won sort of surprisingly, there's been a lot of changes. And so our work going forward is to try to overcome those obstacles until we can finally, through legislation, fix it, fix the problem. So that's why, you know, the For the People Act is so important. We really want to make sure that, you know, everyone has an easy path to the voting booth in 2024 because there's still a ton of work to do mm. a ton so it brings me to the call to action
0: what what can uh, what can citizens do right now to better our chances in 2022 help get HR1S1 passed or at least some version of it hopefully the entire thing what can people be doing postcard text banking is there a website they can go to to learn to how they can help what, what would you recommend
1: yeah, well, they can always go to indivisible.org and you can sign up to join a group in your area. You can search our map for a group near you. That's always good. And we always have updated calls to action based on whatever is moving through Congress. Right now, all but one Democratic senator is a supporter of the For the People Act. It will not surprise you to learn that one is Joe Manchin. So if anyone is listening in West Virginia, please feel free to just add that of your to-do list. Just give him a call once a day. Um, and then... Um, Yeah, just I think making lots of calls right now is really critically important, I think, especially going into June and July when uh, Chuck Schumer starts bringing bills down to the floor for a vote, we're going to want to be able to show a lot of momentum, especially for our top priorities, um, especially for the For the People Act, that there's a lot of people behind it. So, yeah. So if you go to our website, indivisible.org, you can find a call script to give you some pointers on what to say to your member of Congress uh, when you call. Um, everyone is almost everyone except for Manchin is a supporter of the bill, but not everyone supports getting rid of the filibuster. So obviously we will need to do that if we want to pass this bill into law. So you should check and make sure that your Senator supports either eliminating it or reforming it in some way. Just like you were saying, Allison, maybe there's a democracy carve out the Senate could agree to, but this is like no excuses time, really nothing can stand in the way of this bill getting passed. Otherwise we are in big trouble for a long time.
0: Yeah, if we've ever had a break the glass moment. And I know people are tired of hearing that because we heard it in 2018 and we heard it in 2020. We hear it at every election. You know, this is the most important election. uh, And still true. That democracy (laughs) continues to teeter on the edge. So, everybody, go to indivisible.org. I have to hand it to, to your organization. I think that Indivisible was one of the main reasons we saw the blue tsunami in 2018. And we need to continue that work. And we have to remember that we are no one's saving we have to save ourselves that uh, exactly there's no <laughs> there's no hero there's no messiah that's going to swoop in there's no white horse he's going to come in and say i've don't worry i've got this everyone sit i down. wish <laughs>
1: I, I wish i wish thor and his mighty hammer would come down and help us out but i don't think he's going to <laughs> no or
0: even iron man somebody could
1: somebody... I take any one of them <laughs>
0: <laughs> well thank you so much uh and i appreciate your time and i appreciate the work that you're doing and uh everybody follow megan megan hatcher i appreciate your time no problem thanks so much for having me everybody stick around we'll be right back hello all it's allison from the daily beans hosting this podcast has made me more curious about the puzzling mysteries of life what happened to amelia Earhart? where's jimmy hoffa when will trump be indicted we need a break from contemplating the big questions It's time to take on a puzzle that's meant to be solved, (laughs) like the literally thousands of puzzle solving levels on Best Fiends. I love this game. Unlike mulling over the mysteries of the universe, Best Fiends leaves your brain feeling refreshingly challenged. Best Fiends makes my brain feel invigorated, like I just got out of a sauna. It's incredible. And the best thing is it doesn't require the internet. So I'm traveling right now, but that means I can play it anywhere, anytime. I don't have to worry about Wi-Fi access or using cell data. I've been playing well over a year now, and I still get that awesome feeling when I beat a level. I love the increasingly challenging puzzles. The beautiful visual design is very relaxing. Best Fiends has tons of fun puzzles to solve. And unlike other matching puzzle games where you just do this repetitive candy smashing thing, Best Fiends has variety. And, you know, strategy. The only downside, sometimes I can't stop playing. I'm already at level 2000, I think 2011 now. But there are thousands of levels still waiting for me. With Best Fiends, there's always something new to play every day. It stays fresh and I love it. And all the updates... Exploring new levels, catching new fiends, leveling up my cute collectible characters. And it's all strategy based, which I love. Uh, I also like how the challenges get harder and harder as you destroy the evil slugs. And uh, there's multiple ways of earning in-game currency, too. So if you're hungry for a near endless supply of fun puzzles, the kind you can actually enjoy solving, try out Best Fiends. And don't blame me if you can't turn it off. So download the five star rated puzzle game Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Hey everybody. I am honored today to be joined by an incredible woman started her own business and is doing it right, doing it sustainably. She's the owner and founder of Homemade oh Peanut Butter and we're going to learn how to business. Please welcome Radhika Marari. Hello Radhika.
2: Hi everyone. It's so nice to be here.
0: I am so excited to talk to you because everybody who listens to The Daily Beans knows that I'm very much about being a servant leader and being sustainable and developing goodwill and being kind, right? And that's sort of the what I see in this business that you created. So tell us how it all started, because this is such a great story. So
2: it started because um, my son started swimming when he was very young. I live in a little town called Reston, Virginia, which is really known for being the first planned community in America, maybe the world, I haven't checked. And by a planned community, it's really near and dear to my heart, so I'll explain in 30 seconds. It means that people who are in multi-million dollar homes are neighbors with people who need Section 8 housing. All of our children go to the same schools, we use the same paths in the nature trail, and we all go to the same libraries, pools, we combine our resources. So Reston in its founding broke this idea of, we're gonna have bubbles of privilege and bubbles of disadvantage, which you know better than I, just become a vicious cycle when you're disadvantaged. You don't have the resources for nature, for example. You don't have the resources for paths or nature programs. Your schools are underfunded. Your parents obviously cannot make up the funding that the schools lack. Mm. So Reston, which is my beautiful gem of a village, Um, has something like 16 outdoor pools, which are free to residents all summer long. Each pool has a different feature. So some pools will have slides, some will have beaches. So naturally, by the time our kids start walking, they're in the pools all summer long. And my son was no exception. So um, I wanted to give him a snack that he, first of all, would enjoy eating. And secondly, would be healthy. And when I looked at the natural nut butters um, available in the marketplace, a lot of them had an oil that um, I feel devastates the environment, not I feel, it's a fact, it devastates the environment, and I do not support any company or any product that contains that oil. Secondly, a lot of natural peanut butters seem to have, or nut butters seem to have a lot of sugar. And um, my joke is the more sugar your kid has, the more alcohol you have <laughs> not <laughs> good and not good for my liver. So I started making this peanut butter and hazelnut butter, but mostly peanut butter that my son and his friends loved. And then um, as a reaction to the 2016 election, some friends of mine and I decided to host a fundraiser for the ACLU on the night, um, on inauguration night of 2017. So it was January 20th. And um, this woman from California who was helping me with the fundraiser, who I've met once in my life on that day, was in my home helping me organize. And she said, I'm really hungry. And I said, normally I'd have a fridge full of food, but I'm so depressed, (laughs) I haven't cooked in ages. But I do have this homemade peanut butter um, with apple slices. you can have that. And she told me later that when I told her I had homemade peanut butter, she flinched, thinking this is going to be the nastiest thing she'd ever eaten. But she put a bite in her mouth and her face lit up. And she said, You need to start selling this. You're sitting on a gold mine. Mm. And so a few months later, I sold my first jar.
0: Wow, that's so much to unpack there, first of all, because <laughs> talking about rest in your community, that's amazing and incredible and beautiful and wonderful. And I think it's proof that that shit works. Because and it's not just, you know, that disadvantaged communities, there, there's food deserts as well. Right. And we also run into not having broadband. And I mean, there's just and then there's that prison to school to prison pipeline. And I it and it's it's devastating to communities, uh, especially people of color. And I think What's amazing here is, first of all, I want to ask you about the oil that you were referring to, because I know what you're talking about. When you have a natural peanut butter and it separates and you see the oil in there, what is this oil and how and why is it devastating to the environment?
2: So now it's well known that palm oil is, um, I may get into trouble for saying this, but in my mind, palm oil is the same as diamonds. We say that there are conflict-free diamonds and there's sustainable palm oil, but the fact is the more people um, patronize businesses and give their money to businesses that use the soil, the more incentives, the more normalized it becomes, the more incentives other companies have to create a cheap product that... um, devastates the environment in some part of the world that we don't see. And so why would we care about it? Um, it, I do want to correct one misconception. In all natural peanut butters, the oil separates because there is no artificial emulsifier. But for example, in homemade peanut butter, it is peanuts plus maybe cocoa powder or bee pollen and honey. There isn't oil added to the peanut butter to um, increase the volume at a very low price. And that's what mm. palm oil does.
0: That's like a filler.
2: It is indeed a filler. It's like sugar. It's a filler. People, we are, you know, evolutionarily conditioned to like fat, salt, and sugar. That's what we're trained or what we've developed. Our, sorry, that's our evolution. Those are mm. the tastes that we like. So if you add salt, fat, and sugar to any product, humans will get addicted to it. And it's cheap.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because genealogically, we are deprived of these things. We have them. We become addicted to them. Our, our bodies are like, must have more of that because w- our bodies anticipate a drought of it. Mm-hmm. So when we have it, we, we need to pack it all in. So is, does this, does making palm oil, is, is that a bad carbon footprint? What is the, what is it that makes it unsustainable?
2: They're actually, um, they're raising rainforests. Um, and planting these palm, the date palm or palm date trees, which um, use the soil. So it's mostly the devastation of the rainforest. And I think in some places, um, especially chimpanzees, they have no, or rain tanks, they have no place to go because the rainforests have been decimated. Now, when I first read about palm oil, I think my son was about three or four. So that was more than a decade ago. And um, now I see more and more people, like I think in Norway, it is entirely banned in Norway, or at least the Norwegians protest it quite a bit. So I think I'm, um, from what I'm reading, more and more people are becoming interested in what palm oil does to the environment. And I um, don't quote me on this. I recently read that Indonesia is taking steps to reverse the deforestation. But of course, once you ruin something, it takes God knows how long to restore it. Mm,
0: That's true for the environment and true for people as well.
2: I did want to say something about Reston and this idea of the planned community. I think that um, we often look at it from the vantage point of what can we offer to, uh, to level the playing field. I think a very important part of this, though, is children who tend to be privileged, it's very good for them to be. You know, cheek to jowl and hanging out with people who don't have the same privilege at that moment, because it opens their eyes to the fact that the world is not how they perceive it and how they live it. And I think it increases empathy. It's kind of like when the National Park Service said all fourth graders can go to the parks for free. If you experience something, Like I remember when my best friend in college told me he was gay after being best friends with him forever, it suddenly made it very real to me. It was like, oh my God, I love you. And you're discriminated against. I think I feel the same way about Reston, where I think really the onus is on privileged people to get out of their bubble and think about how the majority of the world lives and how they can be more intelligent about resources empathetic which is the word you said so i think there's a give and take it's not just a one-way street but that's that's sort of my take on it mm-hmm. yeah and we
0: really tried to hammer that point home in 2018 and 2020 with the the, the droves of people who were like i'm just not going to vote you know and and that comes from a place of privilege it's it's like do you know anybody who you will vote for then like if 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 you don't need or it doesn't matter to you who's in office. There's someone in your life who it matters to. Uh, do it for them. And, uh, and you're right, when, when we get out of that bubble, we're able to, to see that and feel that and understand it a lot more. Uh, I do want to talk to you a little bit more about the sustainability of peanuts, why you went with peanuts in the first place, but also getting back to this sort of the esoteric value of how to business. I want to talk a little bit about the building of goodwill and finding a niche and making sure that you're doing the right thing and you're doing it sustainably and how that helps not just the business but everyone who's involved with it as well but i have to take a quick break would you mind waiting with me will you come back with me absolutely great everybody we'll be right back hey everybody it's ag for the beans we all put things off from time to time i'm a master procrastinator uh, but we shouldn't do that with our health. So if you've been putting off seeing a doctor or if making an appointment feels like a chore or you aren't ready to go out to crowded waiting rooms yet, PlushCare is here for you. Uh, they make it super easy to schedule an appointment and see a provider so you can prioritize your health hassle free. It doesn't add stress. PlushCare provides virtual doctor appointments through your smartphone or computer. You just pick a time that works for me. I book an appointment right online. I don't have to sit on hold forever or make an appointment and leave the house and sit in traffic and then sit in a crowded waiting room. With Plush Care, I can be diagnosed, treated, and then have prescriptions sent to my pharmacy of choice if needed, all within minutes. PlushCare accepts most major insurance, and it's available in all 50 states. And the providers care. They're here to help by discussing treatment options and providing prescriptions as needed. And they're available anytime I have questions. And if you're having difficulty managing your emotions, a Plush Care doctors are available to help with that too. Schedule an appointment today to discuss your treatment options. I found using PlushCare Care to be a very pleasant experience. It was so easy to schedule an appointment. It was very convenient for me to be able to do it virtually from my house. And I felt immediately comfortable and confident with my provider. To me, the most important thing is our health. So it's wonderful how Painless Plush Care made it for me to put my health first. Check out some of their reviews, like this one from Annalise in Santa Barbara, who says, Wow, I really can't give a better review than five stars. If I could, I would. I needed a doctor appointment, and I was able to get a real doctor in less than five minutes. I was able to tell him what I needed help with, and I got the results I needed. Did I mention it was covered by my insurance 100% and my prescription was filled at CVS within 10 minutes? Oh, and if you don't have insurance, it's only ninety-nine dollars. Just awesome. Plush care does make it easier than ever to take care of yourself inside and out. So start your membership today. Go to plushcare.com slash dailybeans to start your free 30-day trial. That's P-L-U-S-H-C-A-R-E dot com slash dailybeans for that free 30-day trial. Plushcare.com slash dailybeans. And today's show is also brought to you by First Leaf. You know I love wine. I love a good glass of wine, and I have to say shopping for wine though can be annoying. You go to those big box wine stores. And there's millions, and you don't know what, what's good, and the employees don't know what you like. It's, it's kind of a pain. Thankfully, there's First Leaf. This is a better way to discover wine at a fraction of the price you'll find in the store. First Leaf is a fully customizable wine club that sends curated boxes of wine perfect for you. And they have more award-winning wine than anyone else. With First Leaf, there's no guesswork, no misguided recommendations. And each wine shipment is entirely customized to your unique palate and preferences. Unlike those big stores I was telling you about or big box wine memberships, First Leaf uses one-of-a-kind algorithms and your feedback to curate future wine recommendations. The more wines you taste and review, the better your shipments get. And I love their system of rating different wines. I give specific preferences based on personal taste. And then each shipment has improved more and more as I dial in exactly what I like. And the great thing is that First Leaf works directly with the world's best winemakers, not only to find the best wines, but to pass the savings on to you up to 60% off retail. I love the convenience of First Leaf and it's exciting doing the unboxings and the tastings and then the reviews. I like how flexible their subscription system is. It's up to me which wines I get, when I get them, and how often I get them. Uh, so I really, it's, I really, rec- I can't recommend this more highly. Save time and money and stress with First Leaf. It's the wine club designed with you in mind. Join today. You'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 plus free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash daily That is six bottles of wine, six for $29.95 and free shipping. So go to tryfirstleaf.com slash dailybeans. Everybody, welcome back. We are talking with the founder and creator of the business, Omade Peanut Butter. I love the name. We're going to talk about that in a second. Radhika Omade. This works on like nine levels for me. I have been going to yoga and practicing meditation and self-awareness for my mental health for years now. And I... Love the idea of the play on words of be it being homemade, but also the ohm. Tell me why you wanted to incorporate the ohm into the name outside of it just being cool play on words, why you wanted to incorporate that in, into into the name of your, of your product.
2: So I'll tell you right off the bat, the best ideas in my business are not mine. I simply implement them. So the name I cannot take credit for. My mom named the company because everything I do is homemade. And of course, Om is very important to Hindus. I, I'm Hindu, and so it really was her. She's a marketing genius, and that was the genesis of my company. When she said, "Oh, you should call it May.
0: that's so great. Yeah, I didn't name my podcast either. Well, the first podcast I didn't name that either. It's it's a it's a community effort. But the the lotus flower in Hinduism. This is basically something that rises out of grossness and becomes beautiful it's almost akin to the phoenix it's almost akin to the symbolism we think of you know when we're talking about from trauma comes beauty as a comedian i'm very familiar with this concept most you know we comedians take our traumatic events in our lives make them funny and relatable uh, as a way to cope right uh, not all comedians but that's that's a pretty good generalization there. And so I think that how do you see the symbolism of the Lotus and Ohm tying into what you're doing? Because it's not just about the product, right?
2: It isn't. And you're absolutely right. Um, I think now when we're a few months into a new administration in America, at least for me, it feels like November of 2016 is such a long time ago. But if you think about the Wednesday after the election, and you think about, you know, especially those first few months, um, we were plunged, it, at least I was, and the people I know were plunged into um, really a mixture of depression, despair, and darkness because we didn't know how, uh, at least for me, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I, on many levels, I thought, how could we go from An eloquent, um, intelligent, sympathetic, empathetic person like President Obama to his successor. That was one level of, I think, despair at the human condition. How could we have done this? And secondly, you know, as um, an immigrant, as a brown non Christian immigrant, um, just the harassment and the vulgarity that I was um, subjected to surpasses anything i've ever experienced in 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 my land in my country and so it was really uh, like most of this business it was organic that was what came to me om is the sound of creation in hinduism it is our most beloved sound you know when you're upset when one is upset you just you chant om and everything just you know even as i'm saying it now i'm getting goosebumps Because it just—it's so um, intrinsic to our my being, and then the lotus was a given because it did come out of this, you know, this very very dark point in my personal history. So it really was very organic. But it's beautiful. I want to take
0: that a step further because we're also now not just coming out of that terrible, unempathetic bullshit administration. Uh, which is the timing with which you started this, but now we 're coming out of a pandemic where people have been uh, out of work, over six hundred thousand people have died. You know Biden is here to build back better and we 're going to be stronger, et cetera et cetera so it's that 's kind of reminiscent of of the lotus but now we've we 've got all these folks you know the Republicans are calling it a labor shortage they don 't want to work because we 're giving them unemployment, and it 's like no you, you we 're just giving them shit wages and terrible jobs that were unsafe and not unionized before. I mean now we have so many entrepreneurs emerging from from this pandemic who are starting businesses too and who want to start businesses and so if you had I mean I I know what my advice is but if you had any advice because of your successes and I'm thinking along the lines of sustainability being kind finding a niche and and filling a need what would you say to to people who who want to know how to business like you.
2: So, you know, I've been having this conversation um because it's Pride month and um just like after 2016 a lot of people jumped on the man wagon of becoming politically active and people who had not who had been politically active for decades were like, "Oh, you know, you guys are a bunch of Johnny come latelys. We don't want you." And I said, "No, we do want you. We want everybody. I'm glad the rest of the world's eyes don't glaze over when I talk about politics." <laughs> so, I think that um, Even like, I don't think, so I'm a bit conflicted as you can tell. I'm trying to put my thoughts into words. I think for me, I will not be able to sleep at night if I run my business on different principles than I run my life. And as much as I need an income because now I'm a divorced woman who gave up her career 13 years ago, I also need my sleep. Mm. I need to be able to think that with the best knowledge I have today, I am doing the right thing in my business just as I try to do in my life. I will screw things up. There's no doubt. I'm probably screwing things up as we speak. But to the best of my ability, I will not screw anything or anyone over just to make a penny. So I don't think that said, Then I'll get back to this Pride Month, I noticed, like when I started, you know, rallying or speaking up about marriage equality or equal rights, he would be like, why are you a lezo or are you a lesbian? And and I said, no, but it's our job to make sure that 10% of our fellow human beings are not discriminated against. Like that's just, you call me whatever you want. I don't care, but I'm not going to sit here while 10% of my fellow human beings are being discriminated against because they were born a certain way. That's like discriminating against me because I have black hair. We're not gonna touch the black skin thing. We know that happens. I'm saying, so I've been active for a while and now I see um, a lot of people who have not been particularly inclusive or tolerant waving the banners around. So I've been talking to my friends who are directly affected by this discrimination how they feel about people we mutually know to be intolerant, waving the flags around. And at least one of them said, you know what? Let them wave it. Let them fake it until they believe it. Mm. And so my second, the second part of my answer is, even if you don't believe in the environment, you don't believe in treating people well, pretend you do. Just act as if you do. And by the end of it, you will feel better having not caused harm. So. Go with your principles.
0: And if you don't have any, make some good principles. <laughs> I love it. And that sort of brings me back to where, you know, where we started and why I really wanted to speak with you. Because, you know, my motto has always been like, you know, I got all sorts of people asking me, how did you make it in comedy? How did you make it in podcasting? How did you make it in whatever you've made it in? And the answer is always uh, work hard and be kind because particularly in in show business or in in podcasting, there's always going to be somebody who has more talent than you. And there are going to be people who have less talent than you.
2: I don't believe there's anyone with more talent than you. And that's my big battery. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the point
0: is, and and we kind of learned this, I kind of learned this a long ass time ago in the mid 90s, when the cell phone companies were, I was working for Sprint, and we were all sort of Clamoring for the top spot because only 15% of Americans had cell phones at that point and we were trying to get everybody's business and and you know, you realize at the end of the day, we all offer the same fucking shit. We all offer the same service. What has to be different is how we do it. And and so that was sort of the focus. And if you're if you're kind, there are people who are better than you and not as good as you. But if they're jerks, nobody's going to want to work with them. And eventually they will be pushed out because that nobody wants that kind of energy. And that's you know why I wanted to to have you on, because the principles with which you start started this business. That is where the success is is born in and not just in business, but pretty much anything you do as a human person. Do you
2: know? Yeah, I really appreciate that you use the word kind rather than nice. So anyone who knows me knows I'm not always the nicest person.
0: Oh, I'm a, I'm a jerk sometimes. <laughs>
2: I'm prone to very dickish behavior, to be quite honest. Just jump jump
0: on my Twitter (laughs) feed. You'll see. see.
2: But um, I am the person people always turn to when they need something, anything. They'll send me a text. They'll pick up the phone. They'll send me a Facebook message. And often it begins with, you may not remember me, but we spoke X, Y, Z. And that'll be it. I'll be in their corner not um really trying not to judge trying to support because i think early on a lot of us realize that life is excruciatingly difficult and if we cannot help one another when people need it how are any of us going to get through this you know so but on the other hand, I'm not a nice person. When I drive behind someone who's going slow in the left lane, good Lord,
0: I'm not nice. Yeah. But, you know, the whole Maya Angelou, not, nobody can make it alone. And, I, I, you know, I think it's it's so important to to understand that and how, how important kindness is. Because you're right, kindness is different than niceness. There's a lot of real nice dickheads out there. And there's yeah. a lot of kind assholes. Me, I'm one of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think
2: it's it's a good tribe to be <laughs> in I think
0: <laughs> I just I feel like uh like Clary and Weezer in in Steel Magnolias if you don't got and if you don't have anything nice to say come sit next to me you know but what a giant heart she had so anyway we could uh wax rhapsodically philosophical for for like all day I could do that with you but I think I just wanted to kind of nail that last point home and also very important to check our privileges and to understand how to be knowledgeable of how we're ahead uh, and how that impacts people who aren't at a starting line halfway down the track. I think that that's important to understand as well when we do business, when we do, when we do anything. And so I'm so thankful that you were here to talk to me today. And uh, I, you know, everyone's got to try Omade peanut butter. Tell everyone where they can find it.
2: Um, In Whole Foods in the Northern Virginia area, but more importantly, online at omadepb.com.
0: Omade, dot P-B.com. That's where I can, so I can get a jar shipped to me.
2: You can get many jars and gorgeous gift boxes. We have the world's most fabulous graphic designer and our gift boxes are stunning.
0: Oh, amazing. Anyway, thank you so much. uh, And I look forward to trying your product, but you know, mostly I wanted you here to talk about the philosophical ends of the business, uh, and the sustainability. And I, I really appreciate your time. I think this is very important, especially to everybody emerging from the pandemic who's who's looking for something to do. So thank you very much, Radhika Marari and Omade Peanut Butter. I appreciate your time. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Please join me tomorrow for discussions with Diana Barrett and Steve Hofstetter. Until then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. And on behalf of Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero, I'm Alison Gill and them's the beans.